Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julia's Fair's Moving Markets podcast. It's Friday, the 25th of August, and my name is Helen Freer. The Fed Chair, Jerome Powell, will speak at the Jackson Hole Symposium today. On today's show, I'll be talking about this and more market news with my colleague, Lucia Chachulovic. And then I'll be getting all the latest on currencies from Tim Gagey. But let's start with the latest market news. Good morning, Lucia. Good morning, Helen. So I saw that stock markets stumbled yesterday, wiping out much of this week's gains. The Nasdaq actually had its worst day for three weeks. Could you tell us a bit more about yesterday's market action firstly, Lucia? Sure. So you're right, Helen. Investors seemed nervous yesterday ahead of Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell's speech today at Jackson Hole. And it also seemed that the excitement around Blockbuster and VDS results failed to boost the broader market. So as a result, U.S. equities slipped, mostly dragged down by the big tech names. And so the Nasdaq underperformed, losing around 2%, while the Dow and S&P 500 rode down around 1%. So you mentioned Jerome Powell's speech today, but yesterday two other Fed officials made some comments about yields. What did they say? So as you probably know, we've seen yields jumping higher lately, and um, two Federal Reserve officials tentatively welcomed this jump in bond yields as something that could complement the U.S. central bank's work to slow the economy and get inflation back to the 2% target. They also noted that they see a good chance that no more interest rate increases will be needed. As for now, though, um, pricing in futures markets reflects an expectation that policymakers will hold rates steady when they gather in September, and they see about a one in three chance for a quarter point hike in November. Okay, now coming back to equities, given that US equity indices were down yesterday, did Asian stocks follow suit overnight? Unfortunately, yes. So equities markets in Japan, Australia, South Korea and China all slipped, with Hong Kong listed technology stocks falling particularly sharply. This mirrored the heavy selling in US tax shares. Um, The slump in Chinese stocks was particularly interesting as it came after authorities urged the country's top financial institutions to support a struggling market. And speaking of Asia Pacific, just quickly... Australia and New Zealand bond yields were slightly higher in Asian trading hours, and the Japanese yen weakened beyond 146 per dollar for the first time since Tuesday, after inflation data for Tokyo came in slightly below forecasts. Now, in political news, the BRICS meeting this week has definitely made some headlines. I've seen that the group is also planning to increase the number of members, right? Yeah, that's right. So Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates and Egypt are set to join the BRICS grouping of major emerging markets. These three countries are generally considered to be the US top Middle Eastern allies. So it could lead to some complicating geopolitics as they move closer to China and Russia. It also signals the determination of the Middle Eastern nations to bolster their status as mid-sized powers. But of course, the outcome is still to be seen. Um, The BRICS group also invited Iran, Argentina and Ethiopia to join the bloc. Now, we haven't talked about Europe yet, so let's do that now. After three consecutive positive sessions and a strong open in the morning yesterday, equities then ended the day in the red. How are they expected to open today and any news that we should cover? So futures are mostly in the red currently, with some individual countries trading slightly in the green. 
Maybe news worth mentioning is the latest UK consumer data, which showed that confidence rebounded in August as inflation showed signs of cooling, and also on the back of strong wage growth, which started to support household finances. Okay, uh, interesting. And what about commodities today? How are they looking? So oil is heading for its second weekly decline and European natural gas is still tumbling as strike fears in Australia eased. Gold and copper, meanwhile, are set to notch their first weekly gains and iron ore is heading for a third weekly advance amid increasing speculation that Chinese steel mills will ramp up output. And looking ahead to today now, we've mentioned already that the Fed chair Jerome Powell's speech is definitely in the spotlight. Are there any indications as to what he might talk about? So there is a survey out that shows that 78% of investors expect Powell to focus on data dependency. The next most popular choice was financial conditions. And another topic that has surfaced on Wall Street over the past few days is whether Powell will address the neutral rate, so the rate that neither stimulates nor restricts economic growth. As to how markets might react, only 21% of the respondents expect the market reaction to be risk-off, while 43% think it will be mixed or negligible, and 37% predict a risk-on response. Okay, and anything else for investors to keep their eye on today? The agenda is rather light. Interesting data points might be Germany's GDP numbers and the IFO business climate. Great. Thanks a lot, Lucia, for the interesting roundup this morning. Thanks for having me, Helen. Now, Tim, good morning to you and welcome. Thank you. Good morning, Helen. So this morning, we're seeing a much stronger dollar again. Why is that? Yeah, so I actually struggled a bit to get my head around that initially when I saw it this morning. To be fair, we had already seen a move to the, uh, or to very close to the key 108 support in euro dollar during the day yesterday, and uh, now we have indeed broken lower. The pound is also quite a bit weaker, below 126 for the first time in a couple of months against dollar, and even underperforming the euro as the euro broke lower. Yields are all over the place, but the US 10-year is climbing again today, and that does seem to be the principal driver for FX moves at the moment. Today, of course, we have Jackson Hole. And these latest moves make me think that some in the market must be expecting to learn quite a bit, especially from US Fed Chair Powell. My expectation, personally, is rather for him to disappoint the Hawks. I do appreciate trying to predict what a central bank governor will say during such an event is a fool's errand, so I will uh, tread carefully. I will say, however, that I read this morning that US mortgage rates are at a 22-year high. The average rate for a 30-year fixed loan is apparently 7.23% now. It's really quite expensive, and it's not what anyone is used to. So the Fed do have a lot of different elements to consider. It all seemed a lot rosier yesterday, and even metals seemed to be rallying. Was that a false dawn, would you say? So there, at least, the technical picture is a lot more interesting, because as uh, last week, I spoke about the critical 200-day moving average in gold and how important it was to close below there if we did during the week. Well, this week, despite the fact we did close below it last Friday, we are actually back above the level, which is quite surprising. US PMIs on Wednesday were the trigger for this reversal, but we are still very close. And if the dollar rally extends today, then I think there's a decent chance we could find ourselves back below this level again before the end of the day. So uh, nothing is clear yet. But closing above would be uh, certainly uh, reassuring to the gold bulls. Platinum rallied quite a, quite a bit as well. 
briefly got above 940, which I'm told is also the major resistance level for that metal. Again, this morning, we're just below. But platinum is rather its own animal and seems to not be all that closely tied to the fortunes of gold at the moment. So my view there remains still more bullish. 900 is, uh, seems to me to be a pretty decent buy level. And I would expect us to see again at least 1,000, although maybe not immediately. Now, last week, you talked about the Swiss franc, especially against the pound. How has that idea fared this week? Well, poor UK PMIs on Wednesday meant that the pound dropped uh, against several currencies, one of which was the Swiss franc. However, the joy of the idea of being long the pounds against Swissy is it is really a play on carry plus a remarkably stable range. So, considering that by buying the pound one year forward against franc, you earn about 4% on your outright rate, even when we looked at it last week, was well below 108. I'm not too uh, concerned because the range of the last 12 months is 110 to 115. So if you did not yet look at this idea, what we have now is an even better entry point. But if you did, then I think it's absolutely something to hang on to and continue to earn that carry. To me, the chart is really very compelling. And it's also nice to have one idea that is not either long or short dollars, something that is very hard to get right at the moment. And just finally, I have to ask you for your thoughts on the Turkish lira after yesterday's dramatic rally. Margaret Thatcher very famously said, if you want something set, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. And it would appear that the Central Bank of Turkey yesterday found out what this means. After months, if not years, of monetary policy based on delusional ideas about economics, plus a recent track record of massively undershooting market expectations. New governor, Erkan, who was only very recently installed, yesterday surprised the market on the other side as she and her monetary policy committee decided to hike rates by 7.5% to a 20-year high of 25%, where the market had only been predicting a more modest 2.5% rate. The reaction in the lira was really rather dramatic, strengthening over 6% initially, and it is still 4% stronger than it was yesterday, even against the firmer US dollar. There's a long road ahead. The problems in Turkey will not be magically washed away in one stroke. But it is encouraging to see a governor willing to take the harder decision and really apply some actual economic theory and rigour. So on that more positive note, thank you, Helen, for the chat. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It seems the heat wave here is about to break just in time for the weekend, which is a pity. But I wish you all a very nice weekend anyway. Great. Thank you very much, Tim. Interesting to hear your thoughts, as always. So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guest this morning and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We'd love to hear your feedback. And do join us again next week. I will be back on Monday talking to more of my colleagues about what is moving markets. Until then, have a great day, everyone, and then a great weekend. Bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.